Welcome to Fireside Jets. My name is Alex with my co-host here, Ryan Moran. Today we've got a special guest on the line, Matt O'Leary, and he has an awesome Jets YouTube channel, some really great work, and excited to talk about the Jets team. Before we do, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, so my name is Matt O'Leary, run a Jets YouTube channel, and uh, talking Jets and all things kind of sports online at Matt O'Leary NY. I've been doing that for a few years now and really enjoyed covering the team this way. Yeah, I mean, as a Giants fan, I'm sure, you know, both of us have been going through the struggles of the last couple of years. Covering a, a dead team is really tough. After week four, you're always just like, you know, like, this is crazy. Why is everyone tuned out already? Like, why are we, you know, finally, you know, feel like there's some optimism and then it all goes downward. But then, you know, at least your quarterback isn't QB sneaking on second and third down. So at least you've gotten a little bit, a little bit better uh, stuff from from the Jets and the Giants. Um, but this team is exciting, man. Zach Wilson going into year two. There's a lot of hope, a lot of expectations for him to kind of elevate his game. He added a little bit of muscle mass. We do know that. And, you know, one of my biggest things for Zach going into this upcoming season is just not short arming those passes, having a strong foundation, having a strong base, getting it the ball out to the to the boundary and you know, not skipping him off the turf. You know what? In your opinion, what are the things that Zach Wilson really needs to improve upon and, you know, just to get his production, up, get his efficiency up and help him kind of seamlessly integrate with these offensive weapons? Yeah, um, I think it's just consistency for me. Uh, in early on last year, he really, really struggled before the injury, and he was missing some relatively easy throws that quarterbacks should make. And to me, it was never uh, a level of talent. I just thought he was playing scared or playing in his own head a little bit. And then when he came back, uh, the numbers went up a little bit. They still need to continue to improve going into year two. But from an eye test wise perspective, I thought he, you know, looked apart a little bit more. The turnovers went away. Uh, the touchdowns went up. And I think for this year, it's just a matter of, you know, taking what the defense gives you, not not trying to force things and, you know, hitting those easy things because we've seen him, you know, make these ridiculous throws like the one against the Titans where he points Corey Davis down the field. Everyone's seen that highlight a million times, but can you hit that five yard out route? And if you start doing that more consistently and have the potential for those big plays, um, I think that's really where you want to be in your second year. Absolutely. Ryan, I'll give you a chance to kind of get your voice in here for uh, Zach Wilson expectations. So I, I agree with a lot of what Matt just said. I think the first thing that comes to my mind, and Michael Floor spoke on this recently, is just playing within the offense, taking what's there, just knowing the why to certain plays and really what your reads are, where to get the ball, and really just getting it out in a timely you know, fashion, play to play. Um, I think you both spoke on the accuracy aspect of things and just – taking what's there and completing those easy passes on the underneath game. You know, you think back to like that Saints game, for example, when it just seemed like you were saying that it, mentally it seemed so hard to just complete the easy passes. And I think just really sharing that up and being consistent. The last two things really, um, you know, just creating some more big plays when things really do get out of structure. You know, you, you obviously spoke on the Corey Davis play. You think back to the Buccaneer game, some of those big plays and what he can really do outside the pocket. I think you really want to see that accentuate in year two and, Finally, just limiting mistakes and turnovers, you know, the mental errors, you know, not giving the ball to the other team, you know, taking what's there. I think that was in the beginning of the season, one of his biggest issues really was just trying to force things that weren't there. And I think that is to be expected, just the natural speed of the game going from BYU to the NFL. And I think, you know, that should definitely be an area of growth for Zach in year two. Yeah, I mean, when you're uh, that that specific play you're talking about with Corey Davis, where he points him downfield, we saw him do that at BYU a lot, and he's such an accurate passer when going downfield. But his biggest weakness was passes behind line of scrimmage, right? 
He had 45 completions last year behind line of scrimmage for a 78.9% completion rate. That was the worst of all 32 starting quarterbacks, which is not good, obviously. That showcased that, you know, he has the downfield accuracy. He just really wasn't setting his base and foundation when throwing those, you know, passes the line of scrimmage, like zero to nine yards. Um, and if he wants to really elevate this game, he's got to be able to complete those passes because that's essentially just manufacturing yards for a quarterback, right? You look at um, the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the Buffalo Bills, like those teams, they they provide a lot of really easy route concepts, especially the Chiefs. They hand the ball off to Travis Kelsey, to Tyree Kill, to McCole Harbin, whoever it might be on those screen passes, little bubble screens, and they just let them go. Um, they let Patrick Mahomes just collect all the yardage for passes that are essentially um, just easy yardage curators. And I think like that is kind of, um, how the Jets should kind of get Zach Wilson comfortable at first in this upcoming season. But Matt, you know, how do you think the offensive system is set to change? You know, adding Garrett Wilson to the mix. We'll talk about kind of ranking the wide receivers in a second. But how do you think they kind of get Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, in, and Corey Davis really all together kind of operating? Like, do you see uh, Elijah and Garrett Wilson in the slot more? How do you think those splits uh, end up uh, kind of unraveling? Yeah, so I think what the Jets really are looking to do is have wide receivers who could kind of play all over the place. I think they'll mix and match. Like, I don't necessarily think it's going to be, you know, Elijah Moore in the slot all the time or Garrett Wilson in the slot all the time. I think they will move some guys around a little bit, which I think the versatility is what's going to really help them. I don't know if there's necessarily someone right now who you could look on at this roster and say that he is definitely their number one receiver. He's going to lead the team in receiving yards by a significant margin. I think they'll spread the ball around a lot. And like even just going beyond that, the running backs that they'll have, they'll utilize both of them in the in the passing attack. They brought in three new tight ends. All of them could uh, chip in a little bit on the on the offensive attack. But I think they're going to be a very balanced offense and working off the play action and RPOs is something that I would like to see them run um, with Zach Wilson because I think he has that number one. He has that mobility, and then number two, when you add in the running back in in Brees Hall with Michael Carter, who you already had was pretty good as a rookie last year. I think that really expands the offense. Um, I think it'll be a lot of easy completion stuff, not trying to do anything too crazy, but with the raw potential that Zach has, there's going to be the big play threat, which is something that the Jets really haven't had in a long time. Yeah, I mean, Ryan, what are you thinking about these playmakers? How do you think they're going to kind of get incorporated? For sure. I, I agree with Matt's point. I don't think that they're just going to put anyone in a box. Like you had Jameson Crowder the last three years and you knew he was your slot receiver. I don't really think that there's that on this offense right now. I like the idea of Corey Davis at times being used as a big slot, you know, really allowing him to get some easier matchups, free releases, using his size. And, I mean, in terms of, like, the X receiver, we spoke on this on a past episode, Alex. I think Elijah Moore is the one who I trust most to the beat press coverage. You know, I think that's one of the areas that Garrett can grow grow on and improve on moving forward. Um, I, I think, ideally, Garrett, you know, early on you want in the slot, at the Z really playing off the line of scrimmage he works on getting that play strength up and over time he could take on some reps at the X and also with Elijah I think at times while I think he's the one you want against press coverage on the line of scrimmage ideally you still want to find ways to manufacture touches in the slot getting them on jet motions you know just easy pitch and catch completions around the line of scrimmage you know carries whatever it may be and I think just the multiplicity, which all these guys offer, is really going to be a luxury for Michael Floor and Zach Wilson. Yeah, you wonder what I love about this team the most is how freaking young they are. This team, I mean, you think about the Jets' offense specifically, and you think about, okay, if they can have a competent offense, you're talking about a group that's composed of mainly guys on rookie contracts, right? You have Zach, you got Gary Wilson, Elijah Moore. You know, you just drafted Jeremy Ruckert, Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you know, still got Mekhi Becton. You have a lot of really talented players who are on rookie deals who are making up and composing – 
most of the most important uh, positions on the offense to begin with. But, you know, Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson's main weakness is his strength off line of scrimmage, right? I think he's going to have to get a little bit more strength um, in terms of beating some press coverage situations, but he has that open field capability to take the ball to the house at any given moment. Same with Elijah Moore. Just, I like the concept uh, on offense specifically, getting your playmakers in space and just letting them do the work for you, right? You can get those second level blockers out there with, you know, you get Beckton out there, he's like a freaking tractor just paving the paths for you. But I do like the fact um, that you have playmakers who can manufacture yardage out of nothing. They can juke guys out. They The misforced tackles is a prevalent number with those two guys. Um, and then you have the tight ends, like you mentioned, Matt, you know, Tyler Conklin um, is going to be a Southern. How do you see this tight end unit? I don't know if Jeremy Rucker is going to get a lot of reps as a rookie because you do have a lot of uh, pretty solid players here. But do you think Tyler Conklin's like the established tight end one right now? Um, you know, I think so. Uh, a lot of people point to CJ Uzama as being the the lead guy. And I think it's because he's, you know, he's the bigger name of the two. And he was just on the team that played in the Super Bowl. But I think Tyler Conklin's been underrated. Um, I think he, when it's all said and done, is going to end up leading the tight ends in production. Um, but I think they'll use both. I think, you know, early on last year, specifically, Michael Ford tried to run a lot of 12 personnel, but they just couldn't because it was, they had Ryan Griffin and Daniel Brown and Tyler Croft. And it's just they just weren't able to because they didn't have the personnel for it. So they transitioned and ran things at a more of 11, which, you know, makes sense based on what they had. But I think they're going to try to use two tight ends on the field a decent amount. And with Ruckert, I, I look at him as someone who's maybe a little bit more developmental. I like him a ton. He was my second favorite tight end in this class behind McBride. But with who the Jets have in front of him, I think it's going to take a year or two before he's coming in and getting his reps. Almost like in Buffalo when we saw Dawson Knox come in, it took him a couple of years to get going. Or Dalton Schultz with the Dallas Cowboys, it took him to maybe a second or third year before he really became the player that we know him today. Uh, so I expect kind of something similar where they bring uh, um, Jeremy Ruckert along slowly here. I completely agree with all Matt's points. I think Tyler Conklin, to me, is quietly, arguably the biggest breakout candidate on the Jets when you look at his production last year. And that was really his first opportunity as a featured receiver in the passing game. And his hands are very sure. He's a great route runner who can create separation consistently. And I think he's going to be a security blanket for Zach. And I, I loved your point, obviously, on the 12 personnel and just how much of a staple that is with the amount of running the football that Michael Floor and that LaFleur Shanahan coaching tree, the amount of first and second down running they want to do. And to be able to have three tight ends who can all run and pass block, I think just makes it that much harder for defenses, like you said, the balance. And that, that ultimately is going to benefit Zach off play action. So I think it's going to be interesting when things go to 11 personnel on third down. Like I think – It'll predominantly be Conklin, but I could see them really mixing and matching with Uzama just based on like his size, his speed, his yards after the catch ability. But ultimately on first down and probably even a good chunk on second down, you're going to see, I think, really a lot of two tight end sets with both Conklin and Uzama. Those tight ends are legit, man. I mean, Conklin and Uzoma, like they're legit, solid tight ends. You can do a lot in 12 personnel with those guys. Rucker as well, one of my favorite tight ends in this draft class. He's has unbelievable hands. He's a Long Island guy. He's close to home. His family are Jets fans. Like that is that is exactly what you want in terms of culture building and bringing guys who want to be there. Um, and then the running backs, good gracious, the running backs, Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Are you kidding me? Two young studs. Brees Hall, my favorite running back in the class by far, not even close. Um, Buffalo, you know, went out and got James Cook, who's a pretty shifty little running back there, Dalvin Cook's brother. Uh, but, you know, Brees Hall is a workhorse. This is a guy who's going to come in. He's going to get 20 touches a game. He can catch the ball really well. He, you know, we saw that highlight of the one-handed catch we took a look at a couple days ago. 
the guy can do it all. And then you have Michael Carter to boot. I mean, the guy is also can get through the tackles, you know, run between gaps, uh, break tackles. He's agile, elusive, a really good route runner. Um, how do you see Matt, like these two running backs splitting reps? Cause they're both capable of being workhorses, uh, like every down backs for the jets. I wonder if they're kind of leaning on Brees Hall as the first and second down back, then kind of like a maybe Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines type of mesh. How do you think they kind of split the reps between those guys? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good comparison. Um, I don't really expect either one of these guys to be like the, so to speak, like the bell cow back. You hear that phrase a lot. Like, um, but even when Brees Hall was drafted, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is someone who you could, you know, really be your bell cow. But I don't really see the Jets running their running backs like that, to be honest with you. I think they'll split it. Um, I think that Hall will get a majority of the reps, but maybe like a 60-40 split, something like that. Um, I just think he's the more talented of the two, and that's not a knock on Michael Carter, who I like a lot. Um, but when he was in college, he was kind of the 1B there at North Carolina, and I think that's probably what he's best suited as in the NFL. Um, he was good last year. I thought he was steady, and I think he has a chance to – you know, be a good player here for a long time, but I think he's probably better suited to be a complimentary piece than rather be a lead back. And uh, Hall, I agree with you. I think he was the best running back in this class. Uh, he could do a lot of things really well, and I feel like he's perfect for this scheme, which they're going to be running a lot of outside zone. Uh, so I think that's going to be a really good fit, and uh, I expect big things out of both of them. I love the points there. I think the, you know, Javante Williams, Michael Carter tandem that was at North Carolina is kind of similar here for MC with Brees and what he can really do, you know, running the football. Obviously, you spoke on the outside zone stuff and his speed, his vision, his ability to cut, you know, all that is there. And traditionally, you look at, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur with Green Bay, you look at Kyle Shanahan with San Francisco. I mean, these guys traditionally are rotating guys in and out. Like, you look at Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon the last couple of years. You look at Raheem Mostert, Matt Burita, Tevin Coleman, all the guys that have been in these offenses. And I think it's just – you know, allowing Michael Ford to have more up his sleeve. You know, these guys, like you said, can both once again help in the passing game as receivers, which I think really can help Zach. And I think predominantly on first and second down, it'll be Brees. And, you know, third down, MC will probably come in. You know, what he can do is a pass blocker and he's a natural receiver. And both of these guys, again, just in space, their contact balance definitely shows up. And that ability to break tackles, I think, will really go a long way. Yeah, I mean, look, Brees Hall is a big dude, but he's also so agile. I, you know, you don't see guys like that very often, but I like his ability to, you know, one cut, get vertical. Reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taylor and the style he runs with. Um, has some good speed at the, at the back end, and he's going to break some big plays. He's going to turn out yardage. I'd like to see him kind of lower his shoulder and just pick up yards with his pure power at some points, but with that agility, man, he can break tackles. Like, you can never expect him to be out of the play. He always makes something happen, so I'm really excited to see those running backs. And then the offensive line, man, like, this is a big question that a lot, a lot of Jets fans are asking is who should be our left tackle, George Fant or Mekhi Becton? Uh, Becton obviously came in, played left tackle, had a couple injuries. Now he's on his way back. Um, you know, had the, had the shirt on big bust or whatever it was and trying to rally the troops. But I think, you know, you have to go with who Zach Wilson is most comfortable with. you got to ask Zach this question. Who would you like as your left tackle? Because ultimately, um, it really comes down to your progression. If you're getting blindside hit all the time and Becton's struggling in pass pro, Zach Wilson's going to have troubles. You know, fans who locked it down last year, played really, really well, is giving you more comfort as a pocket passer. I think it's a no question. It's a no, you know, it's a, there's not even a question to ask. It should be fans at left tackle, Matt. Who are you thinking um, who should be that left tackle this upcoming season and, and why? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be Fant. Um, I'm still a believer in Makai Becton, and I think if he comes back healthy, he has a chance to be really, really good. But he's a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. And to me, I think George Fant is without a doubt the best pass blocker on this line. So I think you want him protecting Zach Wilson on that blind side. Uh, and putting him next to Lincoln Tomlinson, who is a Pro Bowl caliber left guard, I think would be... Uh, tremendous and you know AVT and Becton on the right side I think they'll work well together I think they're both better as run blockers and could come along a little bit more as pass protectors and I think you'd probably rather that be on the right side where you know if you have to deal with that I think you'd rather it over there than on the left um, and Fant just played well last year he deserves it it's his job to lose if Becton comes back and outperforms him maybe that's a different conversation but I think with how Fant has played I think he's earned that opportunity. 100%. I think fans only going to build on what he did last year. It was his first year with the new coaching staff in that offensive scheme. And he's a great athlete. He doesn't have a lot of trial on the tires. I mean, a college basketball player really didn't play his first couple of years with the Seahawks. And, you know, hopefully a long-term deal gets done. And he's really Zach Wilson's blind, blind side pass protector here for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. But um, Matt, so here's a question for you. Um, who is, if you had to pick a breakout player for this year, a guy you just think is going to make a significant impact, maybe a little bit, um, underrated right now. Anyone in your in your mind that you think just is going to kind of stand out and you know leave that mark? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Tyler Conklin before. I think that's a good uh, a good one. Um, uh, Elijah Moore, though, I think is the one that I'm going to go with here. Um, looking at this offense, I think you know Garrett Wilson's going to get his reps, and I think he might even have the higher ceiling. But if I had to pick anyone who I think has the best chance to go over a thousand receiving yards, I think it's Elijah Moore this year. Um, I just think he's a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. We saw a stretch run last year. Uh, after you know early on, he struggled a little bit, and there were some injuries. But once he kind of got back healthy, and before. Uh, he unfortunately ended up missing the last few games due to injury. There was a stretch where he was one of the better receivers in football. Uh, so I think he could build off of that. And there seemed to be a little connection going with Zach Wilson too, which is super important. You want these guys to grow together. Um, Zach Wilson's also very comfortable, obviously, with Braxton Berrios. They're very close. But uh, I look at Elijah Moore and what he did as a rookie, and I think he could take a step even further uh, here in year two. 100%. I mean, Conklin and Elijah were two of the players I had down. Two others, you know, take to the defensive side of the football here. I think Quentin Williams, it's really that year where he's got to be elite and cement himself in the top 10 or so at the three-tech defensive tackle position. And the other one I'm looking at, I think a big beneficiary to the Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed additions is Michael Carter, the second in the slot. You know, fifth-round rookie who started from week one, played – I mean, the slot corner position is tough, and he did a good job, whether it was in coverage against the run as a pass rusher. So – I think those are really the two other two players, both on the defensive side of the football I'm looking at. Yeah, mine is Elijah Vera Tucker. I freaking love Elijah Vera Tucker. He is one of my favorite players on this team. He, in my opinion, has all pro potential. This guy last season, two sacks allowed and 42 pressures. In a rookie campaign, we had over 1,000 snaps, right? All of them at left guard, making the transition to right guard. Most likely going to be spending it next to Connor McGovern and um, and Makai Becton. So that right side of the line, man, if you're Brees Hall, you're looking at Elijah Vera Tucker and Makai Becton, you know, uh, splitting those gaps in the outside zone, you're like, damn, those, those are big bodies. Those are physical mauling offensive tackles and or rather offensive linemen in general that are going to expose defenses. And Elijah Vera Tucker, the guy has impeccable hand placement. We saw, we watched a couple of film clips from him a couple of days ago. And he was able to pick up two players on a delayed blitz from the safety position. I think it was uh, 
who was it that uh it that was, was Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer. Right, Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer. It was unbelievable. The guy takes out Matt Milano, completely stalls him, disengages, and then picks up Jordan Poyer. It was one of the best safeties in football on a delayed blitz. It was it was just a beautiful thing to see from a rookie guard. Like you don't see that very often. So Elijah Vera Tucker, with the versatility he has to play left tackle, right tackle, both guard spots. You don't really find players like that very often, and he's going to be a tremendous asset for this team for years to come. I think he has an unbelievable 2022 season and really sets the stage for his career. Um, Matt, so the last question for you is a couple of people, you know, CJ Mosley, uh, some big NFL names, you know, kind of like talking heads, just kind of had some pretty lofty expectations for this Jets team. Uh, CJ Mosley said, you know, it's, it's playoffs or bust. You know, in your opinion, what is it going to take for the Jets to make the postseason year? And are you going to be upset if they don't? I personally think, you know, ultimately, if they make progress here, that's the best we can hope for. I, I said year three for this team in the rebuild is the playoff year. That's where you want to make the playoffs of this year. It's about getting Zach Wilson in the right place and, and really uh, building and developing some of these rookies. So in your opinion, like, what do they got to do to maybe have a crack at the playoffs? Yeah, a lot has to break right in order for them to be a playoff team. Um, Zach, and it really comes down to Zach. If he takes a monster step forward, then that's probably your you know best path. Uh, there you also have to start by winning some divisional games the Jets have been terrible in the division for years now uh, and these are the teams that you play twice a year every single year so you have to be better in the division there but uh, the defense also probably will have to overachieve a little bit like Sauce Gardner would have to come in and be like a, a pro bowler all pro caliber guy right away and I think that's probably unfair expectations to ask there uh, you're going to need everyone to play up to their potential and then some and have some breakout candidates. To me, I think the most likely scenario and one that I would be OK with is if the Jets take that step forward and are sitting in that seven, eight, nine win window, which unfortunately, I don't think that's going to be enough if you get to nine wins to make the playoffs in the AFC with how good the West is. And you have some teams in the North that are competitive. And uh, obviously, I think the Colts with Matt Ryan are going to be better, too. It's a very difficult path to the playoffs in the AFC. But if Zach takes that step forward, he's looking like a top, I don't know, 20, top 15 quarterback. I think that's enough improvement. And if they go out and win seven or eight games, I think that's fair expectations with, um, you know, the mindset that, you know, playoffs in, in year three. Uh, I would love if they do it this year, but I just think that that's asking a little much. For sure. I mean, to me, the team is unquestionably more talented on paper. It just comes back to the two faces of this franchise and Robert Sala and Zach Wilson and can Sala get this defense. I wrote in my article this morning, I think they were last in the NFL last year, getting this unit to be about top 20, I think is fair and would be a big step. And, you know, with Zach, obviously we spoke on a lot of the, you know, areas for growth and, you know, room for improvement earlier on. And if he can play like he did in that Buccaneers game, if he can show some of those dominant moments like he had against a team like the Titans, you know, the Jets that beat the Bengals as well last year. So I think you want to just see that continued growth from Zach, you know, some more dominant moments. And Matt, you obviously spoke on the division record. I mean, from there, I mean, this team hasn't won a game in September since 2018, Sam Donald's first start. So starting the season, obviously it's tough Ravens, Browns, Bengals, Steelers, but they got to find a way to start the season a little bit faster as well. And, if they can make it through the first half in Treadwater, like they've said, obviously they want to be in contention late November, early December. I think that gives them a good chance to be in that playoff picture. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that wraps up our interview with Mally. We're kind of taking a look at this Jets team, um, what they're capable of. Obviously, we're optimistic, an optimistic bunch. You know, I'm a Giants fan, but I still really like this Jets squad. I think that 
ultimately they have some tremendous pieces to grow and develop and they have a good coaching staff too you know jeff ulbrick you know you got uh, uh lafleur robert sala these guys are very very good at developing players you know you've seen they play with extreme intensity and they come from some phenomenal coaching trees shanahan obviously lafleur has his brother in, in green bay as well so it's like you have all of these amazing guys really translating over to the players and hopefully uh, putting it on the field when it matters most. And, you know, you saw a lot of young guys last year step up and have pretty phenomenal seasons. And I hope um, they can kind of capitalize on that and continue their growth and development. Uh, but Matt, I really appreciate you coming on, talking about the Jets with us, breaking down some Zach Wilson expectations. This team is fun, exciting, um, but we're we're ready for some football, I imagine. It's kind of a dead portion of the season here, but uh, we're still grinding and making sure that everyone has the necessary news for the Jets is all along with you and your awesome channels. I really appreciate you coming on, my man. Yeah, absolutely. It was a blast, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for coming on, Matt.